All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. And let the celebration continue as the Wolverines have slowly been climbing out of their slump with the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. It was anticipated for the win. Uh, There was its ups and downs for sure, but the Wolverines were able to leave East Lansing with Paul Bunyan in tow, and it was, I I can do it. I can give that sigh of relief, like I said. (laughs) Been waiting for it. I I was waiting for it. You know, it's just, uh, it it has been a long time. I mean, I know we had that win there in the middle, but uh, I was at home watching it and enjoying most of it. But Craig, you had the awesome experience of actually being able to be at the game. Yeah. What a, what a time to go. Um, uh, just interesting to see, you know, cause I think I might've been to one Michigan state game at Sparty stadium and once in my life, but um, obviously I'm a native I live just outside East Lansing. So obviously I'm about 10 minutes from, Michigan State, so um, just I'm just east of that. But um, going there was pretty interesting. It was packed. There's a lot of cars there. But um, one of the things I found very interesting is how much Michigan showed up uh, the fan base. It was literally, I would say, almost half the stadium was Michigan fans. You know, maybe nice. a little bit less. But that was incredible to see. For every state fan I saw. I saw a Michigan fan wearing, so it wasn't like you felt alone or, you know, an overbearing of, you know, state fans looking at you weird because it was just crazy. And either they're from Ann Arbor or just around town. And there are a lot of Michigan fans from East Lansing too. So to see us repping that day was pretty cool. And yeah, the crowd was crazy. Um, you know, and I'll get into that, but man, it was just fantastic to see Michigan finally alive. And I, you know, and I have to say even like three years ago, I don't think you would ever seen that, you know, yeah, half the, half the stadium, Michigan fans, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have saw that um, just based on the fact that Michigan's winning and we're doing it uh, the right way. And we're literally just dominating and seeing our fan base come alive again was pretty cool to see. Yeah, well, then also you wouldn't have seen that a few years ago because you wouldn't have had so many Spartan fans bail and sell their tickets like they did. And that was the other cases. I forgot about that, talking about how much was a Michigan State fan students were selling their tickets off. So, Yeah, you saw a couple couple maize and blue people sprinkled in there in that student section I saw. I don't know if they were just uh, state students or if they were uh, buying up some of those tickets or what, so... Yeah, that was pretty interesting because we saw them too over in the um, in the student section. There were you know some sprinkled in uh, maize shirts in there, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it takes some guts, man. <laughs> I've uh, I've actually not attended a Michigan game outside of Michigan Stadium. I just haven't really gotten around to it. Like I've I think I've said it on here before. I'd really love to try to make it to every Big Ten uh, stadium. Right to check it out and experience it. But I I have yet to do that. And so um, that would have been an interesting experience. So last week I had my fun this week. You were able to have your fun in East Lansing. And um, I guess kind of before we break things down while we're still here doing the intro and I don't want you to get too specific, but how, how did things go like beginning game, uh, after the first drive of the game, you know, the, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, like were there, was there anything interesting that you could say from actually being there? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I had my own personal um, experience because I was kind of up the, on the lower level, but uh, lower level, but I was up at the high, at top of the seats. And um, uh, the cool thing was, is I actually was, in the very section where all the players, uh, parents and, um, wives were. <laughs> so I, you know, I got to sit right next. I actually got a great chance to sit behind, um, 
the family of Tarko, Taco Charlton. I was sitting right behind them. Um, and then on the right of me, sitting right next to me, was uh, Asi Asi's uh, mom. And she was really cool to talk to. So I actually got to talk to her the whole game. <laughs> my brother, nice. my brother's on my left side, and I didn't even really talk to him very much. I was <laughs> talk to her. And she was really cool. So, And then, obviously, um, I saw Moan's uh, family off to the right of me. And then and on the left of me was uh, right next to my brother was uh, Devion Smith's parents and his uh, mom and dad and his brother. And, um, and then right next to them was... Uh, uh, Winovich, mom and dad, and his da- his obviously Chase's dad is pretty uh, uh, loud <laughs> and you know boisterous, and I've seen him before, but uh, yeah, he was really cool, and we had a lot of friends, you know, a lot of people there that were just uh, you know what's really interesting being there with them. Obviously, their their kids are playing and they're you know playing the ball game, and and they're not too worried i mean i think i was going more crazy than they were <laughs> you think they would be and i was more and but it was really cool because the very fact is they've got this uh michigan family going that they're all friends and they all like like to hang out with each other they all like to be at the game together encouraging each other which is really cool to see so and i thought that was the best part that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a really cool experience. So yeah, it's like a family, a family amongst family. They got like the Michigan family, like that. They're not only a family of a player, but they're all like to hang out and literally just uh, you know, talk to each other and you know see how they're going. They're, a lot of times they don't even talk about football, which is kind of funny. So oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, sure do. So, but uh, well, awesome man. That's great to hear. A um, lot to take away from Saturday, so uh, we'll yep. go ahead and then go ahead and transition here, and then we will uh, get more in depth about the game. So just don't go anywhere. All right. Well, I know that I said that I didn't do anything with uh, smack talking before the game. I won't really do any smack talking after the game, um, but I'll talk about the things that transpired and everything. And so uh, for your entertainment, uh, I will go ahead and actually I found some stuff here of uh, some things that I'm going to share. I wasn't directly a part of this, but of course the fun things that MSU fans are saying. Uh, Some, of course, were wishing that Peppers was going to get injured before the game. So, of course, you have those idiots out there. But then uh, people commenting on how Peppers is not good at football at all. That he's not going to get drafted. And uh, we heard, well, you heard the chance firsthand about... uh, F. Harbaugh, the classy move from uh, state fans there. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the student section was chanting F. Harbaugh. Yeah, you could hear it. So, oh yeah, and then also them giving us history lessons now because apparently it's okay now that they've lost that history becomes a part of it once again. Yeah. Um, but then also uh, now all of a sudden basketball is more important than football, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as Spartan fans would be saying. Uh, so just entertainment all around of all the different things that you will be hearing from state fans this week and for a long time to come. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me again, um, when does, uh, when, give me the definition of the past, the past. Uh, well, the past technically now is anything from further than eight years ago. <laughs> Correct, uh, correct, oh, right? Okay, so 2008. This it, comes from the Spartan Dictionary. <laughs> it's specifically there, eight years. There is one. You know, we're, you know, you're still looking for it, but it's there. It's you know, nice, big, thick book. And, yeah, it has anything from 2008 and beyond that is in the past. But everything before that is present, correct, or... Yeah, well, I think that past probably present about, is that what it is. Oh. I think two thirds of that Spartan dictionary is all about the definition of disrespect, 
and what does and does not pertain. Okay. Uh, That's a big chunk of that probably 10,000-page book. I'd say probably over 5,000 pages of that is about disrespect, which uh, speaking and bringing that up, I mentioned it last time. You know, it's too late to apologize. Yeah. I I had uh, something that was coming with that, Craig. I I threw a little uh, curveball your way, a little surprise with that one. (laughs) Um, If you you guys haven't seen it, um, I don't really do a lot with videos. Uh, This is the second one. Dude, you rocked it. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you right now, if you're a fan of the show and of what Spartan has said in the past, and it just aggravated you this whole time of eight to ten years of them smacking us around, go Look, watch that uh, YouTube. Yeah, he did a fantastic job as quick as he did it. He's probably got a career in it. But <laughs> you just, you dude, you rocked it. I loved it. I just literally said that's exactly what's been balling up in my mind for years. And you put it all in a nice little pretty package. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I actually got as much of it ready. You guys will have to check it out. It's already on Twitter. I'm going to put it on Facebook. Uh, or it's on Facebook. I'm also going to put it on the actual website and everything and put it in a few places so you'll be able to find it. But if you just uh, search on YouTube, it's too late to apologize. UM versus MSU 2016, you'll find it. But, yeah, it just talks and reviews stuff that's happening and everything. And really, you know, and I don't want to go off onto this too much because I do really want to talk about the game. But it's just like, you know, the whole disrespect thing and where it came from Mm -hmm. and you know, it started with D'Antonio, it ends with D'Antonio, and it gets really old, and it's okay, it's not okay for certain people to do things, but it's okay for Michigan State to do things, and because they're always the victim, and it's really, it's really dumb, really lame, uh, revolving just around the stupid D-bag stuff that D'Antonio really <laughs> says, mostly, so. Yeah, he really... It's, but, you know, yeah, and you're right. And, and basically, it's just a nice little history lesson of some of the things he's tweeted and talked about in interviews and, and out loud. And just it comes back to bite him. And it kind of just tells you look, if you look, if you're a coach, and even Harbaugh's that way, where I believe even Harbaugh's like, I'm not going to say anything because it could come back to bite me later on. Yeah. And, and when he says stuff, he says it differently. And I mean, I know I'm not saying like Harbaugh. We're not saying like Harbaugh's perfect and doesn't do anything. Right. Like he'll call people out, but he gets involved. He doesn't like play the victim. He's like in the fight. Yeah. And uh, D'Antonio cries about what players say. Players say stuff all the time. It's right. It's like, really? What's new with this? And then he fed off of it and yeah. just had that, oh, I don't have that sound bite. The disrespect train sound bite. Yep. No. Do I have it? Yeah, it is really interesting, and it almost boils down to just in you know previewing this game overall. Is I realize that Michigan State, just given what after the game and all the tweeting that's gone on, even they're still trolling after the game. They're trolling Michigan. Is I've noticed that they are literally content with having one of the worst seasons they're going to have from a team like this. They're content with it as long as they are fine with smacking us around. I mean, they are literally okay with having one of the worst seasons all year as long as they either beat us or give us a really good tough game. Yeah, and, which and honestly it just, wasn't. Right. It's just yeah. sad. It's, it, it, it was closer than it should have been, and we'll get into that talk and everything. Um, but – it was uh, the final score of 32 to 23. A uh, lot of crazy stuff with the game. Uh, I mean, Michigan State started off. I mean, we knew and anticipated that Michigan State was going to come out with everything that they had. And um, they showed that they were able to uh, produce on the field with their first drive, chewing up a lot of time and scoring that touchdown. I mean, gosh. So many rushing plays, and and they were able to get it done. They got they got that touchdown. Michigan came back and um, yeah. answered it, but it was uh, it kind of set the tone a little bit. And the thing that kind of got me upset from the very beginning, and just uh, I don't know, it just changed my mood for the whole game. I wouldn't necessarily say I was worried, but 
Uh, no, well, I'll, I'll say I was worried. I didn't know how it was going to react. Uh, things were going to react after this, but the, uh, the dumb personal, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yep. Why am I totally personal foul for whatever? Yep. By Hill. Yep. Yeah. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Wow. Yep. I uh, I don't know why I totally blanked out on that, but yeah, on Hill, uh, and it kept that drive alive. Nothing came from it; they didn't score. But uh, my mind automatically went back to, and I was uh, texting with uh, our friend Brandon, uh, a friend of uh, Craig of mine, and I was texting him, and I was just like, uh, pretty sure that I said it to him. I said it to somebody, but it reminded me of the Ohio State game. I was just like, early on, we had that dumb uh, running into the kicker penalty, and then. Ohio State went down and scored, and yeah. the game was over after that. And I know that MSU didn't score after that, but I was just like, if something like this happens and this just totally changes the mindset of the game, we could be screwed. And at the end of the game, I mean, it finished out to be a, a nine-point uh, a final of a nine-point difference, but was um, six right before – or no, seven – right before they were doing that, and it could have been closer. And so if that really had changed things with a with a margin of victory that close, it could have really made a huge difference if that penalty went wrong and Michigan yeah. State scored there. Yeah, that was probably one of the most boneheaded plays I've ever seen. I mean, I, we literally, you know, obviously I'm around even the players' families was like, you've got to be kidding me. I. It, it's one of those plays where you almost go. It, it, I I literally was like going, I cannot understand why you would on a third down, and then you we stop them, and then you decide to actually push one of the players after the play's over. What makes you think you can do that, even if they're jarring at you because it's our ball? You know, you yeah. you did not get it. It's now our ball, and we actually can get this ball and move it down the field and score again. We actually could have scored easily down there again and had another score. And he literally kept this at play alive by that one of the most stupidest plays I've ever seen somebody make. And I literally said, like you, I went, those are the kind of plays I'm talking about, this discipline, that this kind of crap I'm talking about that Michigan needs to clean up at times that we need to stop or you just got to get players that, you know, you get them out of your roster. You just don't put them on your field. You don't put them on the field if they can't take a little bit of jarring and they can't take this kind of uh, pressure of playing this kind of team. Yeah. Uh, Plain and simple. Michigan state does not have a good football team. I don't care what anybody says. They can say all they want. They do not have one just based on what I saw. The problem was, as I said in the beginning, of the uh, before this uh, game started, I said the only way the Michigan's going to win this or State's going to win this game is if Michigan just falls apart and they if they, if they do it themselves, not what their Michigan State's going to do. And you saw it right there is one yeah. of those stupid plays where I said that's where it begins. That kind of play like that that just kept the drive alive when he could at least looked at him and said, "Ha, huh, dude." I, we got the ball now, and he didn't. He actually decided to push him, and I'm like, "You were," <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I was so upset with that during that call. Yeah, and that's one of those things too, where I uh, we were talking, we actually anticipated that a player might get ejected out of this game, but it's just like you don't want to be the first person to step over the line. You don't want your team to be the one to set the tone for what is acceptable and what is not acceptable on the field, because a lot of times you will see that the officials will be watching. First of all, you, the player, and making sure you don't do anything. Right. And if you do, it's going to be your second infraction. But also, they're going to be watching your team because you're now um, on the hothead team that yeah. could snap at any moment. So it just – that really was terrible, and it sucked. Fortunately, I mean, things still turned out all right. And really, honestly, I mean, you heard uh, – if anybody listened to some of the things that the players were saying afterwards – Jordan Lewis uh, was probably the toughest, toughest critic on the team, but he was just saying that it was a bad performance defense, uh, defensively. No, he's right, and he's and, absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it was. I mean, there were certain times where they were on their A game, but overall, for a majority of that game, it just did not seem like they were playing up to par. And, of course, you're going to have the state fans saying, well, that's what happens when you play 
good team or that's what happens in a rivalry right. or we were playing better than we normally do, which I do honestly believe they were playing better than normal. But yeah, the defense could have and should have been better. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this has been one of their few road games uh, thus far. And so it was kind of maybe a bigger change of environment for them, but they need to play, have more consistency on defense, whether it's home or away. And that was something that they struggled with here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it basically the whole time, you know, I'm thinking this is a, this was, I kind of arrived at, at the end of the game thinking this is a, Michigan team that didn't play up to their potential. And then obviously Michigan state played over their potential. And um, that's basically how I drew the conclusion is Michigan state at or Michigan at this point in time during that game, I knew they weren't playing up to their potential whatsoever. And they still won. If they were remotely playing up to their potential, we would have blown them out of the water. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, we would have killed them. I think we would have shut them down. Like most teams, there's no way Michigan State could even do what they've done, but they did. Um, and just given the first play of the game, there was a lot of uh, uh, concerns because of the very fact is how is a team who has no passing game is basically one-dimensional dim- with uh, well, they have a very, very good uh, running back in L.J. Scott. Um, he's a great running back, but two change up their running plays and that's all they've got is inside running to outside running plays and burn us that bad go all the way down the field and score on those plays just those was uh, tell was telling to make me go either we have troubles at linebacking position again that we don't have any fast linebackers out there in the outside corners that they can get to get there too fast enough. And there were holes all over the place on the outside. And that made me concerned. And that's the parts where I go, either the linebacking position needs to be worked on, or we just weren't, we weren't on our a game because we're talking about, we were the, what the fourth uh, passing rushing defense in the country. That's how good we were. And we certainly didn't show it. I mean, LJ Scott had 139 yards just in himself. Um, he had like 6.3 carry uh, yard average yards. I mean, that's pretty good against yeah. this defense. So yeah, I don't yeah. happen that play. I mean, when you saw him running, you must've just went, wow, what is going on? Blown bone tackles, just everything. Yeah, well, there was a lot of misdirection, and State was definitely throwing a bunch of stuff that Michigan was not prepared for. I mean, stuff that they hadn't really shown before. So, I mean, there is some. I mean, Michigan got caught on their heels. Uh, it was a little stressful to see that happen in the first drive, but honestly, you know, they went into lockdown mode. Then, I mean, what was it? Um, Twenty-seven ten at the half. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know that they scored the seven points and then they came back and got the field goal a little bit later, so it was 10. And I told my wife, she's like, what was your score prediction? And I told her that I was predicting that MSU was only going to put up 10 points. And she's like, well, it's the second quarter and they already have 10 points. And yeah. I said, I, you know, I, they, we have the defense that can do it. And we did. They almost did it. I mean, yeah. went into the fourth quarter and they still only had 10 points. And then... All of a sudden, the secondary was allowing passing plays, which was unlike them and different things like that, really. And people are kind of attributing it a little bit to garbage time. But, yes, it was garbage time, but then at the same time, it wasn't really. I mean, we still had the starters out there. Mm -hmm. We were still trying to lock them down. But like Lewis said, the defense was just not performing to their capability. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. They were making Brian Lewerke look pretty dang good and he had like 100 yards passing but he was pretty efficient you know six out of ten which is yeah. bad. and then o'connor actually started the game but uh yeah, yeah you're right and i i this secondary didn't play up to par whatsoever in fact um there are a lot of uh the game was really tough to judge based on there's so many pass interference calls in this game that i was i was my head was spinning so, you know, there's times where I'm going, holy cow, pass interference called on them, which helped us quite a bit to score. But then there, you know, 
I'd say in the fourth quarter we had a. It seemed like Jordan Lewis and some of those guys were holding left and right. But I mean, <clears throat> to me, I had issues with stribbling, and um, the he, he's a great corner. But my problem is is his tackling ability and and how he reads running backs because he blew he blew a lot of uh, reading. The running back and how he'd go to the outside. That's where scribbling needs to be. And he missed them a lot. And that's where they able to get those big running plays. Um, I was really surprised that Michigan state could run on us that well. Yeah. I, yeah. I get in the first, you know, you're kind of, you get the, you know, the, you know, the butterflies, you want to shake it off. You want to get going, but then he just kept doing it. And I'm going, what is going on? Do we still have issues at linebacker position? I don't know, but. You know, I th- what this is where I took away from the game is we really sh- shined on those fourth down uh, plays that we actually, you know, that don't Dan Antonio likes to go for, and they usually get them, and we were able to shut him down. I think they yeah. had like three potential scores, and we shut them down <laughs> to no scores at all. I think there's three of them that he could have scored on. Yeah, well, um, well, that's the thing too, where the defense was back and forth because yeah. the defense uh, shut them down with that goal line stand where they had they went for four downs within the ten yard line, maybe it was even within the five yard line where they went time and time again. I think all four of them were run, rushing attempts, and the defense shut them down every time, yeah. and so the defense was capable the defense stepped up at certain times but there were certain inconsistencies there were inconsistencies on offense as well uh that we can definitely get into on how Michigan gets off to fast start fast starts and everything but then in the second half it was gone what was it three points in the second half yeah and so that is not that's not going to work in some cases i mean uh we were able to get by with the win to this weekend but you know, in other scenarios, that's that three points for a half. That's that's not going to work. And some of it looked like conservative play calling. Uh, some of it looked like um, just uh, f- taking the foot off the gas. I think that's another thing that Lewis said, maybe specifically with the defense. But it's just like, you know, you can't really do that. I mean, we saw that way. It got within seven points, and it mm-hmm. could have been a lot more different than that. So um, it. Oh, what did you kind of think with the second half uh, offensively then? Because uh, in the first half, the offense shined, basically. But in the second yeah. half, it was a completely different story. Well, yeah, and then you had uh, Wilton Spates just have just a terrible throw for that interception that was literally um, brought all the way down into our in our territory. That was It wasn't a very good uh, throw whatsoever. He short-armed it, but... Uh, uh, he actually threw to his receiver that was just, he's not very tall. So in, in fact, the receiver actually, I don't, I forgot what receiver it was, but the very fact is he was, he kept running and he short armed it thinking he was either doing a hook route or whatever. And then, you know, obviously the Michigan state guy was in, you know, had, had, uh, was in front of him, which was bad news. So um, that was bad. And that, those are the kind of things I'm talking about is uh, turnovers that made me go, you know, darn it. I saw Spate throw a lot of balls that were really good. But my problem was, is I actually thought um, Jake, Butt and um, what's his face? Um, uh, Darbo bailed him out because they had such good catches. Did you see those passes off to the left that uh, he threw them? A little bit high. They are uncatchable by the defense, but I mean, they were like I think Darbo had a one-hand catch on. Yeah. I mean, which was a great catch, and then so did Bud. He had to go way up high at the highest point to catch it. Great pass, but they were really tough catch, uh, balls to catch. So, and those guys bailed them out. That's why they're so good. But um, uh, Spate did pretty well. But he, he didn't throw a touchdown at all in this game. So. Yeah, no, it doesn't. He was efficient. I mean, he threw some balls. Like, like I'll give him credit. Spate, one of the part, parts of the game where I said, 
that was a huge play for Michigan was when they're on the four-yard line, when they made the fourth uh, down stop at the goal line. And they were, you know, we were trapped at the four-yard line trying to get out of there. And I thought maybe they'd give it to uh, Peppers and the Wildcat to get them out of there. But Spate stood in the pocket, threw a beautiful pass, and it was just a great catch to, like, the middle of the field. And it got us out of that uh, crunch. And, man, it was a great – he threw some great balls. I mean, balls that were just dimes, right, in small windows. But then he had, you know, some boneheaded throws that, you know, some couple guys were wide open. He missed them again. Um, there's one pass right on the – there should have been a touchdown right there, and he overthrew him. And I'm like, gosh darn it, man. Those are the kind I'm going, you can throw it through a small window, but then the ones that are wide open, you miss, you know, and I think he overcompensates and gets a little bit antsy that he knows he's got a touchdown pass. So that kind of makes him, you know, question it. And that's why he overthrows him. But uh, yeah, the second half was a little worrisome, like you said, because, you know, we couldn't run. We weren't really, I didn't like our play calling whatsoever during the game. Um, and those are the kind of things I'm talking about that were a little bit worrisome. I think there was a time when we were in the in the in the red zone and we threw a couple balls in the what the far corner and I didn't like those at all. I said, you know, it, I I like I like slant routes. I like the uh, throws to the fullback. I like throws to the tight end and those predicaments. And you know, I didn't see any of that. So, yeah. Well, talking about the passing game, uh, great pass protection from the offensive line. Yeah, Fantastic yeah, job. Yeah. Uh, Spate had a lot of time there. Uh, there were a couple times where he got um, rushed um, and knocked down on everything, and he uh, he stayed poised in there and even sometimes uh, pulled off some uh, tricky moves there to ward off a couple defenders. But uh, the pass protection did a really good job allowing Spate to then have a really good performance in the first half. I was really impressed with his first half. Um, yeah. His passing, I know that some of them were rough, like you said, but um, even though he was missing some of them, he was still playing it safe uh, so the defense couldn't get it. Second half was a different story than obviously. I mean, he still did relatively all right, and I mean, he still not the turnover machine that we've seen in some years past and every, uh, from quarterbacks, but he, um, passing game went pretty well. Rushing game, uh, was awesome. Uh, there were a couple of times where there was maybe the potential for even, uh, bigger rushes, uh, with, uh, different cutbacks and everything like that. But, uh, some great blocking in some instances. Um, most of the time you could see where, uh, there was great patience waiting for blockers. I believe mm-hmm. one of them specifically was McDoom's uh, wide uh, sweep yep. route, and he uh, and he could have hit high speed and run down as uh, fast as he could, but he was waiting behind a blocker to be able to clear a little bit more space so that he was able to get probably five or ten more yards. Um, so we're seeing more of that with um, being smarter with the blockers. Um, I mean, still always something to get improved. I mean, there were a couple times where you see uh, gaps got missed. Yeah. Um, and guys got stuffed at the line, but overall pretty well. I was surprised to see uh, kind of here to get into more of the stat side of things that uh, even with how well Smith looked in the game, he wound up coming in third for rushing yards for the team. McDoom only had two rushes for 53 yards. Yeah. Um, yep. So he he lit it up when he was on the field. Higdon, uh, 10 carries for 44 yards. Uh, but then Smith had the 11 carries for 38 yards, but he was uh, one who punched in twice for two touchdowns. Yep. Yep. So uh, I'll, I'll go through some more stats here. Uh, now uh, getting into this here a little bit of the number crunch. Uh, specific numbers for Spate, 16 for 25, 64% completion. 244 yards, no touchdown, one interception. Uh, State, uh, Lewerke, like you said, was 6 for 10, 60%, 100 yards, and a touchdown. He actually just came out today that he is out for the rest of the season with a broken broken. leg. Yeah, so uh, you hate it when you see that happen. I mean, I'm I'm all for, you know, we talked about last time about how you 
bang players up and make them reconsider getting on the field or maybe they're out for a week because they've got a bruised shoulder or something like that. But you hate those rough injuries like broken bones and things. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he's out for the season. O'Connor, uh, 7 for 14, uh, 50%, 84 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, we talked about Michigan rushing. Uh, the main one for State, I mean, you saw him running all over the place, and he was the main reason that they were able to get the touchdown on the first drive. 22 uh, carries for Scott for 139 yards and one touchdown. His longest was 40 yards. Yeah. Um, and then before we uh, move on and talk about anything else, uh, talking about the receiving core, Darbo had his career high, actually, eight receptions for 165 yards. His long was 43. Uh, but, like you said, stepped up as well. He only had three receptions for 35 yards. And then uh, Chesson had two receptions for 29. Those were some of the uh, higher numbers. Uh, Shelton for State was two receptions for 57 yards. Scott was two receptions for 47 yards, so he got involved in the running and the passing game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. No, interesting stats there. I mean, it, you know, it is interesting when you have, uh, what is it, about five to six uh, receivers, you know, here and there. Yeah. Darbo shined the whole game. 165 yards is just incredible how good he is, and what a what a difference from last year. Then that um, um, Rudock went to Chesson, and now it's like reversed to where now Chesson is now taking the back seat, and now it's Darbo's time. So it's really interesting, and I, I would like to see Chesson use more. I like to see Spate and him get on the same page, so you'd have that dual threat, you know. And you're going to start seeing teams going, hey, we're going to start um, teeing off on this Darbo guy. And then, you know, you're going to have to build up some chemistry with Chesson. But, um, yeah, I think you're just seeing Harbaugh using these, that, the, the, four, the four to four running backs, you know, and getting them in there. But the thing is, is I think the game showed how incredibly good Peppers is and just – what he can do to a game and the very fact there was there's a lot of times where Michigan state were teeing off on him and he was just there for a D be a, to be a decoy <laughs> and it fooled him. And I love oh, yeah. that. And I just laughed cause I go even peppers mere presence on the offense just scares him because you know, you never know he can run it himself or he can, you know, uh, just a play action, pat, you know, lob it off to the running back. So there are times where they didn't know, and he's in that wildcat position. But there are times where he got that ball, man. He he made at least three guys miss with, you know, spin moves and whatever. He's so beyond everyone else and how it works. And the ver- <laughs> he's just a special player. And to watch him is just, man, I a lot of times during the whole game, I just said, I don't care. Just give the ball the rest of the fourth quarter. Just give it to peppers the whole game just have them in the wildcat and just do it that way now no. yeah yeah we saw we saw him more involved in this game which we anticipated but i still think that when we get to the osu game that we are going to see um i agree we're going to see at the next level so we will be um uh kind of anticipating that and being ready for that when that game rolls around but uh what's some I was looking something up, but apparently this is being ridiculous. I had all the uh, information there on my phone, and it's automatically doing an update for some unknown, ridiculous reason. But he um, he played at several positions. Uh, just in that game alone, it was um, linebacker, safety, cornerback, uh, then quarterback. Running back, oh, man, I'm trying to recall because now my notes are gone because my phone's gone. But then he get, did kick return, punt return. Um, yeah. And I feel like there's one or two more. Thanks, phone, for nothing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was all he was all over the place. Um, and he, he did a really good job. And it was just kind of like the uh, cherry on top there at the end <laughs> with one second left. 
uh, very um, reminiscent of last year's ending. I mean, totally not the same effect whatsoever at all, but just, you know, one of those things where it's like a last-second play, and uh, he just took took that uh, fumble to the house and um, uh, ran it like a, a dash in the... Uh, man, he was quick. Wow. Yeah, man, you. I saw him turn it on. Uh, he turned it on full blast at the... Uh, Michigan 45, uh, yeah. you could just kind of see it. And it was funny because there was another angle that you could watch from it. And it was uh, showing it from the opposite side of the field. And as soon as he picked up that ball, all the Michigan State players quit. <laughs> like, none of them Name none of them even went. Even the guy who was right there who the ball was getting pitched to, yeah, um, he turned and he was kind of looking at it. And then he was just like, uh, he just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about that play and how – and my brother was there, and he was he was laughing. He said, first of all, the the play that D'Antonio was going to make it, either one, he would have lost, okay? So let's take that where it is. So you got a, it was a one second on the, one second left, right? And, um, well, if you go for a field goal, you get your three points. And so you're still down by, uh, what, five? Oh no! It was it was the extra point. Yeah, extra point. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. You get the extra point. You're still down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and usually you it, that takes about what about a second or two to you know, when you hike it and then you kick it and then you get three you know get your extra point right or is that not a well he tries to go for two, right? And I don't know what happened. To the very fact is that still takes time off the clock. So I'm guessing he just wanted to do it because he wanted to get the score closer than he thought it would be. Right. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Well, no, I don't think any time came off. No, it didn't. Yeah. I'm wondering there was the reason why second. he did it. He still would have lost. He had a second left. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have mattered. So I'm wondering he did it. He probably wanted to do it just so it like it was a game that he yeah. got the score closer <laughs> and it ended up just, Bur- it burned him in the face with that, trying to do that. And who else would have done that just in himself as Peppers <laughs> running it? And it was just so sweet revenge. The whole crowd went crazy to see that. And so, it was so fitting. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been, I mean, it would have been better if it had been, uh, you know, a live ball, and you know, not going for two. Yeah. But it would have been a touchdown. That that would have been awesome. But it was still great. And uh, speaking of just trying to make the game look closer than it was and changing the score and things like that, uh, I'm sure that you saw this, but I've seen a lot going on today about the supposed Michigan player that told, was it O'Connor? Yeah. Uh, that... Even though Michigan State lost, they still kicked Michigan's butt. Yeah, it was like uh, defensive linemen said, yeah. Supposedly. Even though supposedly won, yeah, a defensive lineman. Supposedly said, even though we won, you know, you you kicked our ass. And I love how Chase Winovich responded back, said, what are we in middle, middle school here? <laughs> he goes, no defensive lineman from Michigan would ever say something like that. So it. That's preposterous. That's bullcrap. There ain't no way somebody said that to him. <laughs> yeah, who in their right mind? I mean, even when I was playing in high school, and of course you would know better than – you'd never say it. <laughs> who would ever say that? Why would you ever say that? Especially to a team like this. I mean, no way. <laughs> yeah, that just didn't make sense, and uh, it was just – Yeah. It- I have no idea. I mean, people are going after the – person who reported it people are going after o'connor people are going uh somebody uh, they were saying somebody else was involved but it was just like yeah whatever you, that you can chalk that up into the same category as we know what team hit harder today yeah yep exactly so you're just trying to make the best of a bad situation <laughs> yeah I tell you, you know, a win is a win. Yeah, it was a good win. I'm glad. I mean, it's, it's a good win because it's at Michigan State, which is always a tough place to play. Um, I'm so grateful and happy to see that. I'm good. I'm 
grateful and happy to see our boys, you know, come through and get this win for Jim Harbaugh and, you know, get that little monkey thing off our back and, and able to move on and, and, and do well. But, uh, yeah, what the, obviously the one thing I keep hearing is people saying, Hey, it's a win. Let's move on. Let's not talk about how Michigan played during that. And there are concerns. And so I'm, kind of chalking it up as I don't think Michigan played their best. And if somebody said, we've got a lot of weaknesses and, you know, and I want to hear your opinion, Caleb on, and it's important on, do we have any weaknesses or is it just the fact is Michigan didn't play up to the, to their potential and just Michigan state always comes out and plays us better than they should. Uh, that is a part of it. Michigan State always does uh, appear to up their game for the Michigan-Michigan State game. Are Do we have any weaknesses? Sure. I mean, no team is perfect. But honestly, I mean, I think most of it is inconsistency. Right. Um, I mean, for instance, okay, if the entire game was the first half, if you took out that first drive by Michigan State, mm-hmm. Michigan was dominant. Michigan was yep. awesome in that first half. And so it's inconsistency. We need to be able to go from the first half into the second half and play the same, if not better. Right. And so that is something that we've seen in some other games. I mean, we have had our games where we've started out slow, but it just really seems like inconsistency. We need to be able to go from the opening kickoff to the closing seconds as the clock winds down of playing the same level of football with the same intensity the entire time. Because even Jordan Lewis, the players said it, it's like we took our foot off the ass. You can't have that. You need that all the time. Um, And I I don't know, maybe some kind of got in their heads after the first half when it was 27-10. I mean, you've got a 17-point lead. Um but, yeah, it, I think it's a big thing with inconsistency. I do think one of the least strongest things, I don't know if I would necessarily say, label it as a weakness because teams with great defenses t- can still win like this, but our quarterback play is not the greatest. I mean, Spate had a great first half yeah. and still did a decent job. If you took out the – I mean, there were still issues. I totally admit that. But if you take out that interception, he still did a decent job. Right. Um, but that's that's not our strong suit, right? Um, so that's something that we have to watch all the time. And uh, I mean, I'll just briefly say, it. like I said, when we get to the Ohio State game, it's going to be something different because I anticipate that you'll see more peppers. And we even saw some of Morris in there. And mm-hmm. Morris hasn't really thrown the ball, but who knows what's going to happen later with the uh, maybe a double pass come to thing. So th- they'll have they'll have some things drawn up for later. But yeah, it's. I think one of the biggest things that needs to get figured out is just being able to play a consistent game. No, that's a great point. And, you know, and I'm pretty much in agreement with you there is I just think that, you know, we just didn't play. You can tell from the very beginning, I don't think we played to our potential. Now there, you know, I'm trying to watching the game and play by play, try to literally watch what we're doing on defense. And a lot of times there were times where I said, you know, do we have issues with holes? You know, there's way too many open holes on the outside. So that means, you know, is our outside linebackers not getting it or breaking out to the outside to get them? Or is, you know, our corners or our free safeties and our, you know, getting in there, running, rushing up to stop them? Or there's issues there. And I'm going, you know, but I've seen them stop. You don't become the fourth uh, best rushing defense in the country. And not have that. So I'm not exactly going to put that on them. That is a weakness. I just think, like you said, there's just times where, you know, they let their guard off and, you know, and we didn't play to our potential. I think we can play so much better on all facets of this game. Um, But Don Brown is such a good defensive coach. But the only thing I see in his coaching ability that's, is always a troubling is it always leaves an opening for the big play. You know, there's always that big play 
possibility that could happen. And I've seen it in quite a few games that there's always been that big play that happens uh, during the stretch in Michigan State running that ball. I think they just ran it down our throats. There was probably like six to seven running plays, and they were already in the end zone. And I was like, my God, what's going on? You can't stop that, you know? And they're not even throwing it. So, you know. Yeah. I like that our team, our coaches can shore that up and make adjustments. So they did stop that, but uh, but to have their quarterback pass on us, that's inexcusable, especially against yeah. this defense. There's no way that they, the the worky whatever his name and O'Connor should be passing on Jordan Lewis and dribbling and stuff. But um, it, it that's where I, you're right. Is they just didn't play in they didn't play up their potential. I think we can play much better in that. And uh, I'll just kind of chalk it up as that. Yeah. Well, people asked if his defense was high risk, high reward. It is. He said that's proven itself. It that's yep. it's well, he said that's proven itself. That's not because it's a system yep. that's worked and yep. uh, it showed itself at Boston college and it's worked here. And at the beginning of the season, we saw that where the games all had their big plays and it started to even itself out. Right. Uh, that there were uh, even against the Wisconsin game, they did a great job with it. So that goes back to my thought of the consistent play, exactly yep. to what you were saying. There, that team should not have been able to pass on us, and it just, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they got caught in their heels, if, if it was just them taking their foot off the gas or what. But yeah, that type of stuff should not happen. So, but to keep uh, up with time here and keep things moving along. Um, Kind of with closing things out, I shared some of the things last time on how I looked over things over the past nine years or so and how in five different categories, um, Michigan State had dominated over those years. I mean, sometimes they did a complete washout, but uh, Michigan was able to get the most passing yards in the game, had the most overall yards in the game, um, 436 Um they tied for the record of most first downs in the game uh, in the Michigan Michigan State game in past nine years <laughs> with 24. Their third down uh, percentage did not beat the 50 percent, but they were at 41 percent. Um, they got close to the most points scored. Uh, they got 32. The most was 35. Uh, the only thing Michigan State bested at, which you know again goes back to what you were saying, which shouldn't happen when you have our kind of defense, was rushing. Uh, Michigan State had 217, and Michigan was right behind at 192. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just kind of bringing that up there because we talked about last week. Uh, I know that we had talked about um, MSU will have more than 75 rushing yards. Uh, that wound up being a dump. You were right with that one, Craig. There will be a player ejected from this game. We were wrong with that. That was a dump. Peppers will have three touchdowns or more. And that was a dump as well. There actually you, was uh, a player ejected from the game. Well, not a player, but uh, Delano Hill's dad did. <laughs> really? His dad got into a fight with some other Sparty <laughs> fan, some Michigan State fan. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. He oh, was, man. He was like, he wasn't in front of me. He was like, you know, obviously about 20 rows or 30 rows in front. But uh, he was in in with Jake Butts family. They're all in the middle and Delano Hill's um, dad was right there and all I could do is seeing the scuffle going on, look down there and then the cops came over and he was getting into this fight with the Sparty fan. So then they both got kicked out. So not necessarily a player got kicked out, but somebody did ejected. <laughs> oh yeah, that that definitely should have been anticipated that that kind of stuff was that something like that was going to go around somewhere in that stadium. Yeah, yeah. So, so but um, but then to uh, dude, man, I don't have it in front of me now because my phone's still being stupid and doing some weird update thing. Um, before we move on, we did have the stat of the game, uh, Craig. I don't know if you have that information in front of you, but um. Uh, um yeah, we had it was just going to be a compare uh, it's almost just like a weekly peppers update really. Right. Uh, as you were pointing out Craig, but uh Peppers is either on par or exceeding at all these different categories with Charles Woodson where he was during the 97 season with all-purpose yards, uh punt return touchdowns, 
how many offensive touches and things like that. And so Peppers right now through eight games is in the same category or in the same vicinity as Charles Woodson was uh, back in 97. So, And that's when Woodson won the Heisman. So, I yeah. mean, you know, he's – the talk about him is legit and credible no matter what other people might be saying. So – but due to time uh, constraints and everything, um, I do know that we need to get moving on. So we are actually, I'm going to do a, a rundown of the Big Ten scores from the weekend. So we'll get that going. And if I pull up the right information. So uh, Michigan taking Michigan State down 32-23. to 23. Uh, Penn State versus Purdue. Uh, this was your lock. Am I right, Craig? Yep. Uh, Penn State putting up 62 yeah, points wow. compared to Purdue's 24. Of course, now that was against Purdue and Purdue's Purdue. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Minnesota pulling off um, the surprise. Well, not the surprise, but I guess the amount of points was the surprise. 40 points uh, against Illinois, 17. Uh, Maryland uh, against Indiana. Uh, Maryland fell on the road. 36 to 42 Northwestern putting up quite the fight against uh, in Columbus against Ohio state final score was 20 to 24. Oh. Uh, so that was, uh, that was quite the close one there. And then uh, the night game, the showdown of the number seven, Nebraska, number 11, Wisconsin. Right yeah. Wisconsin won in overtime at home, 23 to 17. So Wisconsin is, you know, uh, Playing a tough season, they took uh, yeah. took their uh, close beatings to Michigan and Ohio State, but they are still uh, playing pretty strong there. So, and uh, my my lock was uh, Ohio State covering the spread with Northwestern, but I'm yeah. perfectly okay with Northwestern proving me wrong there. So, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. Northwestern doing a really good job playing. You know, it, it, look, you know, you could say. You know, Ohio State kind of was similar to us. You know, they didn't play up to how good they are, and Northwestern played better than they should be. So it's kind of similar. So, you know, I kind of chalk it up as, look, we got a lot of teams in the top five or top six that are playing are good teams. They sometimes just have these hiccups where they just don't play very well, and the other team plays very well. And the point is, is you got if it is getting by and getting that W, getting that win. So, yeah, yep, for sure. And uh, something else mentioned then, really quick, um, before closing thoughts, uh, the East Division race is basically between Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State since they beat Ohio State. Um, they're both four and one in the conference. But then the uh, the race in the West is going to be something interesting to watch because Nebraska is leading right now, four and one in conference. But right behind them, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Northwestern wow. are all three and two. Wow. Yeah. So that will be something to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and I think oh well, uh, we did want to cover and talk about the. Um, Best win and worst loss. We do that week in, week out here. Um, did you want to take one, Craig? What you think would be the best win uh, and worst loss? Yeah, I'll take uh, – we'll, I literally will take Wisconsin beating Nebraska. I mean, that's a good win for them. That's a very good win. So, Yeah, I I was going to say that was uh, – that there were two of them I was looking at for that. Um, and Wisconsin, even – Probably one, if not the best, two-loss team in the country. Yeah. Because uh, even still, their two losses came to um, the number two and the number six team um, right. in the AP poll. So probably then uh, going with the worst loss, I would have to say um, probably just Purdue looking at it. I mean, things didn't look very good for Illinois, but Purdue just took a beating and I know that they're without their head coach because they are currently searching for a new head coach. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so 
uh, rushing along, keeping together with the uh, time and everything with that, uh, we will go ahead and transition here into uh, closing thoughts and don't go anywhere. All right. Well, uh, there was a lot to cover. We went over la- our time last time and trying to keep on track here this time. I think we're going to still be pushing our time frame that we usually aim for. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it finally came to fruition, and it feels like it's not going anywhere with uh, Michigan being on top of Michigan State this weekend. No, great win. For our boys, uh, uh, excellent. We can move on. We're undefeated. We're going to move on to um, uh, play Maryland. Those should be a really good game and you know, at the big house. And that should be interesting game. But um, uh, one of the things I want to kind of – I promised uh, one of my uh, – a good friend of the show, like a fan of ours who wanted me to bring it up, and I thought I'd throw a past you, Caleb, and see what you think is – it has, it has nothing to do with actually the play of the game. It has to do with uh, Coach D'Antonio and his demeanor during the game. It was very, he said he noticed he was very humble, like a humble look about him. Not like sad, but something is up with him. Almost to a point where he said, he goes, um, to a point where it felt like that he just did all he could do for Michigan State at this point and would move on. Like he's going to. You know, like he, I don't think he wants to rebuild this team up again to try to do that because he's going to be competing with Harbaugh as far as recruiting. And it's really tough to compete against Harbaugh in the state of Michigan and Urban Meyer. And you got Wisconsin doing well and Nebraska doing well. Um, and that uh, he said there might be something up. He's not calling it, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. So I don't know. What do you think? You I mean, there's a lot of college football. Uh, teams right now, good ones that are you know open for college you know, coaches. So that would be. Uh, yeah. He's kind of going controversial here, but I went. You know, it's a pretty good question. Uh, I said I don't know, but it was pretty interesting. So. Yeah, we'll have to see. I, uh, that's kind of interesting thing about there was, there was a coach I was thinking about that with. Oh man, oh yeah, Houston. Yeah. I, I was I'm really wondering if that's already been decided with Houston. Right. Like with the way that they're kind of falling apart. Yeah. You know, sometimes when a coach yep. moves on, I mean, I don't know. I doubt that anything would have been said because if anything had been said that it probably would have come out by now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something happens when a coach takes another job where it just they check out, you know. Right. And uh, it's just been very interesting to watch how uh, Houston has been on a down spiral. So I don't know if something's happened there. So it wasn't D'Antonio I was thinking about, but yeah, it maybe it's possible. People are talking about um, how long it'll be before D'Antonio gets fired. I think he'll leave before he gets fired. Yeah, I agree. So mm-hmm. I think this year would be a little bit early, right? But it's it's definitely possible. Uh, my my anticipation would be depending on how the season goes next year. I mean, man, you own five in conference. I mean, just two wins right now, mm-hmm. and the remaining teams that they have. I mean, really, there's only one team that you can really look at and say, yeah, they're going to win that game. The other ones are up in the air. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, it'll be. It'll be interesting to see. I don't. I, I. I'm not confident enough in it to say that I think it's happening right. this year. Yeah, yeah. but it's. I. I. I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, like I said, no, not this year. But I just think it's just something like, you know, do you strike when the iron's hot? When you're, you know, the hot coach, do you do it before you're not the hot coach? And then you can't get to those more upper echelon of teams, you know, and colleges that are looking for people, you know, USC, Texas, LSU, you know, even, you know, obviously some of those teams don't fit his, you know, way of coaching, but uh, the one, some of them do. And that'll be interesting to see. Well, you know, so. I heard Purdue's hiring, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be a step back, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with that one. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So. Well, 
Yeah, some interesting talk about, and we'll probably uh, maybe talk and address that more and see how things progress. But, yep, so Michigan 8-0 and and won the uh, rivalry game against the uh, struggling Spartans. Yeah. Uh, riding the struggle bus around East Lansing. So Yeah, 0-5, um, and the conference hasn't won a Big Ten game yet. So Yeah. Uh, and since somebody said something like since – in this year, calendar year, because they played their bowl game on the first, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They're technically two and seven. Yeah. Uh, and been outscored a crazy amount and everything like that. So, but it's over. Time to move on to uh, to for Michigan to move on to the next game. So we will be talking about that in our preview episode coming up. Um, don't forget, I forgot to say at the beginning, but don't forget to check out the Facebook group, the Blue Network, Everything Michigan Football. Yep. Lots of stuff going on there. Um, great fans and uh, great friends on there. Great talk. Um, you can find that video, actually, that got put together. That's on there right now. and It'll be up and around other places as well. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we hope you guys have a good week. And until enjoy this win. next time, enjoy it. Yes, oh. enjoy it. And who cares what state fans say? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and enjoy it. So uh, until next time, we will go ahead and finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.